Hi, this is Professor Jim Paisley. Are you tired of the five-minute news clips presented every night by the talking heads on the national news? Would you like to know what is really going on? I have taught American and European history for the past 27 years. I find it fascinating how history truly does repeat itself. When we watch the evening news, no one seems to know anything about how current events are all tied to the past. Critical race theory, crime in our cities, federal versus state powers, the Arab-Israeli conflict? How about international relations with Russia, China, and Europe? On my shows, I give a historical perspective to what is currently happening in our world. Join me weekly to find the true history behind what is happening today. like Congress has been at it again. Of all things, they've come up with something called the Inflation Reduction Act. Sounds good on paper. Now, I found a great article by a fellow by the name of Mark Angelides in the Liberty Nation News, and he shares with us his thoughts. He says in an abrupt about face, West Virginia's Senator Joe Manchin has reached an agreement with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on a spending package that they claim will lower health care costs, combat climate change, and reduce the federal deficit. Wow, sounds good. Critics, however, say the proposal is little more than a tax hike on American businesses that will add even more inflationary pressure. So once again, who do we believe? Now, Manchin stated, I now propose and will vote for the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Rather than risking more inflation with trillions in new spending, this bill will cut the inflation taxes Americans are paying. It will lower the cost of health insurance and prescription drugs and ensure our country invests in energy security and climate change solutions. Now, folks, energy security and climate change solutions, I don't know about you all, but lately when I've been going to the grocery store, somehow I just don't see where climate change is going to help me a whole lot when it comes time to buy that pound of hamburger. Now, indeed, a bill with inflation reduction in its very name might set alarm bells ringing for the more fiscally conservative. After all, the estimated $433 billion in new spending has to come from somewhere. The climate change part alone is $369 billion. And then there's a little section in there about Obamacare, $64 billion. So it seems that the majority of the freshly printed cash will go to climate change programs, and clean energy production, making it the largest such outlay of cash in U.S. history pertaining to the Green New Deal. Now, also included in this three-year subsidies extension for the Affordable Care Act, we see that another $64 billion is going to be appropriated. 
Now, while the administration will tout this as an environmental victory in the lead-up to the November elections, American voters may not be particularly thrilled. Like I say, I haven't figured out yet how this is going to help us. Now, according to a July PBS-NPR poll, climate change did not make the list of priorities for, bio- for voters in any party. None. Topping the survey was, of course, inflation. Now, to pay for the spending, Manchin and Schumer have agreed to establish a minimum 15% corporate tax, IRS enforcement, and other tax law changes, which they say will raise $739 billion over the next 10 years. Now, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was quick to lash out at the package, and in a tweet he said, Democrats have already crushed American families with historic inflation. Now they want to pile on giant tax hikes that will hammer workers and kill many thousands of American jobs. First they killed your family's budget, Now they want to kill your job, too. Now, this sentiment was echoed strongly by Senator Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, who simply wrote, Build Back Broke is going to bankrupt America. Now, this thing has already passed the Senate after a marathon uh, section of uh, debates back last weekend. But now it has to go through the House. So can it pass? Well, Democratic leadership will try to pass through the, the bill through something called reconciliation. What? What's that? Well, budget reconciliation is a special parliamentary procedure of the U.S. Congress set up to expedite the passage of certain budgetary legislation in the United States Senate. This procedure overrides the filibuster rules in the Senate which may otherwise require a 60-vote supermajority for the passage by the Senate. So, with the help of Vice President Kamala Harris and her tie-breaking vote in the upper chamber, no bipartisan support is required. It's just simply going to be a vote of 51 to 50. Now, this razor-thin majority also means that Democrats can't afford to lose even one member of their group. If it passes, the bill will doubtless be hailed by Team Biden and the media as a significant accomplishment and a primary reason voters should cast a blue ballot in November. And yet, according to almost every major poll, the issue of climate change doesn't even register. Now, I found another great article in the Washington Examiner by a fellow by the name of Zachary Halishak. He's their economics reporter. Now, he says that the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 is supposedly a replacement for President Joe Biden's ambitious and expensive $2.4 trillion spending bill known as Build Back Better. Now, as I said earlier, the legislative proposal would levy a 15% minimum tax on the book income of companies. Now, the United States currently has a 21% corporate tax rate which is assessed based on a company's tax returns. The new proposal would assess a minimum 15% on the adjusted financial statement income of corporations. They call it book income, something that Democrats estimate will raise an additional $313 billion in new 
tax revenue. Now, they went on to say tax fairness is vital to our nation's economic future, according to Manchin. And it is wrong that some Americans, lar- some of America's largest companies pay nothing in taxes while freely enjoying the benefits of our nation's military security, infrastructure, and the rule of law. He said it's common sense that a domestic corporate minimum tax of 15% be applied only to billion-dollar companies or larger, ensuring that America's largest businesses are no longer able to operate for free in our economy. Now, I have to ask you folks, does anybody out there believe that large corporations won't just pass that tax on to their customers by either cutting wages or increasing the price of their products? Think about it. They're not going to take a 15% hit. Now, also included in the agreement was a plan to bolster IRS tax enforcement, which, with the Congressional Budget Office coming in and saying it will net $124 billion in increased revenue. Now, Manchin stated, through the enforcement of a fair tax, we can use the revenue to cut the deficit and lower the cost of health care for working families and small businesses. Now, they're talking about hiring 87,000 IRS agents. Really? 87,000 of them? Guess where they're going to be? They're going to be at your door, folks. Now, bottom line is, Biden's newest Build Back Better boondoggle will actually worsen the inflationary squeeze on middle America. Now, again, I found another article by the Heritage Foundation. And they went on to say, to avoid stoking the inflationary firestorm sweeping the country, Congress must reject this newest iteration of Build Back Better. This version of Build Back Better could increase insurance costs for the vast majority of Americans by way of destructive price controls. I had to think about this one for a little bit, because what the Democrats are saying is we're going to put a cap on what they can charge you for your drugs. Now, today's inflation is the result of Washington printing an incredible amount of money and adding $7 trillion to the national debt, since the COVID-19 pandemic. And with inflation surging to 9.1% and averaging much higher in the rural heartland than in urban areas, now is not time for the federal government to pour gasoline on the fire by spending another $433 billion. Yet, as Democrats negotiate the newest iteration of their socialist nightmare, the so-called Build Back Better Act, that is exactly what they are planning to do. Now, this plan would increase inflationary pressures with shortage-inducing price controls on prescription drugs and an increase in spending for Obamacare subsidies. If this sounds like the approach of the 70s, it is. Rapidly expanding federal spending and the money supply and ultimately triggering double-digit inflation. Then, too, rather than rein in spending, Washington resorted to price controls. Now, the newest version of this euphemistically named Build Back Better follows the same old failed playbook. Now, some of you are old enough out there to remember the 1970s, where government stepped in meddling on the price of gasoline. They put a cap on it. And this led to gasoline lines stretching for blocks. 
This time, the price meddling will make it harder for vulnerable Americans to get their hands on life-saving drugs. In other words, when they put a cap on gasoline prices back then, a lot of the companies said we can't afford to produce it for that. And what happened is it created shortages. And guess what? There I was, sitting in a line, waiting to get gas. And those that did produce the gas jacked the price up. So, supply and demand. So you can see this system, now they want to do the same thing and apply to none other than your prescription drugs. Now, bottom line is, folks, inflation is just simply too many dollars chasing too few, too few goods and services. And this bill dumps even more dollars while chasing down and destroying even more economic production. Now, the legislation that they're calling for now would impose a formula-driven price ceiling on certain prescription drugs sold in the Medicare market. Now, with statutory limitations on prices imposed, the negotiations between the government and the private companies that make the drugs now would be about as one-sided as the Pittsburgh Steelers squaring off against your local Little League football team. Now, a company could either accept the government-dictated price or be cut off altogether from the large Medicare market. That's where they sell most of their drugs. Now, if a business were to say to heck with you and were to sell a price-controlled drug at a higher price, in this bill it says they will face an effective tax rate of more than 100%. That's right. So the government sets the price and could care less if the company makes a profit or not. Some companies will be forced out of business altogether, or simply lay off workers and cut production, creating another shortage. Does that make sense to you? I mean, think about this. If the government controls the price, and could care less about whether or not a company makes a profit, companies will be forced out of business altogether, or simply lay off workers and cut production, creating shortages. Now, I have seen personally how this works. My wife was a dialysis nurse for 48 years. And for years, most of those people were Medicare or Medicaid, and so their treatments were handled through the government insurance programs. Well, lo and behold, the government steps in and says, here's the deal. We're just going to set a flat rate for what we'll pay for a dialysis treatment. And you guys can fight it out. So let's say it was $500, but it costs $700. Well, right there you're going to have to tighten the budget. And of course, the doctors are going to take their cut, and you've got to have money for the nurses, and you've got to have money for running the building, and you've got to have money for supplies, the filters and the tubing and everything involved. And they just said... Here's 500 bucks. You guys figure it out. Fight amongst yourselves. Well, somebody's going to get cut. Something is going to suffer as a result of that. In the past, there was so much for the doctors, so much for the clinics, so much for the nurses. But now, no. Here's just a flat rate. Fight it out amongst yourselves and figure out where to cut. So you can full well imagine how the quality suffered as a result of this. Now, the other piece to this is, if you say, well, the heck with it. We'll just charge what we were before. Again, no business can afford a 100% tax. 
But this tax isn't about raising revenue or reducing the deficit. In fact, it's designed to raise zero dollars of tax revenue. The point of the tax is to strong-arm businesses into doing what the government wants. You charge this price or else. Now, the price controls may look like spending cuts, but they would act like new business taxes. Whether businesses are taxed at 30% on sales or whether they're forced to reduce prices by 30% makes no meaningful difference to them. The chilling effect on business activity and research and development would be the same. These regulations would only make it harder to produce vital medicines, and they wouldn't mitigate the true cost of producing such important products. Instead, these costs would simply be shifted to other Americans, most likely to the 82% of Americans not covered by Medicare or Medicaid, who could see the largest cost increases. Now, this version of Build Back Better, theoretically intended to reduce the cost of insurance, could instead indirectly increase insurance costs for the vast majority of Americans by way of these destructive price controls. However, we can't know for sure how far-reaching these negative effects will be. They'll show up as costs that slow down other sectors of the economy, that reduce wage levels, and that will mean some new businesses and research projects will never get started at all. Hauntingly, we will never know how many millions of lives could have been saved or brought out of poverty by the innovative pursuits that these price controls will choke to death. Whenever governments spend, as this plan will do, on more Obamacare subsidies, they have three options to pay for it. They can tax it, taking directly from the hard-working Americans like you and me and destroying the delicate business arrangements that provide jobs and produce things we use and need. Or they can just simply print it. That's what they've been doing, which devalues your savings and the value of your paycheck by watering down the value of each dollar. And finally, and I love this one, they'll just borrow the money. Leaving debts for our children while draining the oxygen out of our economy today as the government squanders job-creating investment dollars to bloat itself. When the government borrows, it does so with the promise to either tax someone or print money to pay it back. Now, the certainty of the burden it will impose and the uncertainty of how it will impose it will cause economic chaos, folks. Governments can't create value out of nothing. There are no free lunches here. Spending more money to reduce inflation just doesn't make any sense at all. Inflation is a hidden tax, but it's still a tax. And no tax in history was ever reduced by the government spending more money. To reduce a tax, including inflation, the government needs to stop spending money. Today's inflation is the unavoidable result of Washington printing an incredible amount of money and adding $7 trillion to the national debt since the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, rather than acknowledge this reality, congressional Democrats and the Biden administration have now spent more than a year obsessively trying to force through yet another massive spending package. There was the fake infrastructure plan, supported, unfortunately, by 19 Republican senators 
Then they renamed it to Build Back Better. And then a revised version of the latter packed with deceptive budget gimmicks. And now the newest plan. Regardless of how many more mutations of Build Back Better go through, regardless of how many times President Joe Biden renames and repackages it, it still suffers from the same fundamental flaw. It concentrates more money and power in Washington at the expense of the real economy. It distorts the economy for the benefit of special interests, and it will lead to a combination of tax heights, deficit spending, and inflation, now and well into the future, all to the detriment of us hardworking families out there. Now, instead of further antagonizing households, we should use deregulation and pro-growth tax reform to help the economy. This path would revitalize the nation and dust off the engines of the world's most dynamic economy. Or, with this new Build Back Better, we can continue down the road to expanding government control, crushing businesses and jobs, and squeezing families who are simply out there trying to make ends meet. Make no mistake, folks, this will lead straight to a more painful and longer inflationary crisis. That's all I have for today. I'm Professor Jim Paisley. If you would like to help me continue these shows, it's as simple as clicking the support link where you access this podcast. Thanks, and be sure to remember your history.